Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jen Amos. So um, so today I have with me the CEO of Live Lingua. The website is spelled L-I-V-E-L-I-N-G-U-A.com. Ray Blakeney. Ray, welcome to the show. Jen, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you know, just from one Filipino to another, I have to say, hi, <laughs> Kuya Ray. So I, just, I need to throw that in there at least once. <laughs> If people are just hearing me on the radio, they can never tell I'm Filipino, right? Because my name is Irish background, right? And you can't tell from my voice because I'm, you know, I'm from New England. So it sounds yeah. like I'm from Boston. Nobody can tell I have a Filipino background. So I appreciate I the it. mention. Yeah. yeah, of course. Even for me too. Although I look Filipino, um, I know that when people hear my voice, they think like, oh, is she just a Cali girl? <laughs> you know, and, and all that stuff. But I just thought I'd throw that in there for our editors to include on our show. Um, but Ray, so one thing I like to do since uh, 2020, 2020 is do what I call a mental health check-in and really see how people are doing. So Ray, how have you really been doing nowadays? That's a great question. And I feel guilty saying pretty well. <laughs> 2020 has been a very good year for us. And not even, um, not even on the only on the business front, which we'll get into later. Yeah. But me and my wife had our first son back in January. So I got to, oh. if you hear a baby yelling, I'm sorry, my 11 month old <laughs> does not appreciate it when I have podcast recordings, even though I have a do not disturb sign on my door. Um, I think it's because he can't read, but he might just be doing it on purpose. Maybe. So that's happened. Um, our business has done well as an online language school. Of course, a lot of people decided, hey, I'm going to make the most of COVID and mm. learn another language. So that's done well. And believe it or not, I'm an introvert. So an excuse to stay home all day? Wow, this is great. I don't have to say no to the dinners anymore, right? They're not even happening. So in general, <laughs> the year hasn't been so bad. The thing I do miss, though, is traveling. I used to travel, speak at conferences around the world, and that I actually do miss. And I'm looking yeah. forward, hopefully, to do it again starting kind of the middle of next year. Fingers yeah. crossed, right? You know, and I also love how you said that you're an introvert. I tend to, as, as an introvert myself, I can really appreciate that. And I... Um, at the start of the year, uh, when people started to, you know, have to be at home and work from home and stuff like that, I was like, I've been working from home for a decade. What's the difference? <laughs> exactly, you know? me too. But uh -huh. I think for me, it was more so I found like halfway through uh, the pandemic, um, I started to feel a little stir crazy because it's one thing to choose to work remotely and be at home, but to be told is like another mm -hmm. story. And so I've definitely had to learn to, I mean, luckily my husband and I and our dog, we live on the beach. So we're like, we get that fresh air like every day when we walk the dog, but still, you know, if you're in the same place long enough, you start to get a little sick of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. Like, you know, we miss doing exercise. We, you know, we usually mm -hmm. went to the gym. I practice martial arts mm. and that is what I miss the most um, yeah. of all of this. I never went out and, you know, had to be a people person all the time, but just that freedom of being able to do that. I, for example, my, my parents who live up in Boston, I live in Mexico most of the year, have never met their grandchild. It's their first grandchild. They've never yeah. met because yeah. of COVID. So there are little things like that that do bother us. But in general, we're grateful for where yeah. we're at. Um, there's yeah. a lot of people have a lot rougher than we do. Yeah. So my wife and I are just taking it day by day. I mean, having a new baby is for everybody listening who's also had a child, you know, you're not like really going out all the time anyway, when you have your first <laughs> child. So, you know, I don't think our life would have been that different with or without COVID for the last few months, but now it's get it's starting to get old. 
Yeah, I think that uh, people are, I mean, just that FOMO, that feeling of FOMO has mm. like, been reduced a lot this year, I think. Maybe if anything, they just, like you said, miss certain experiences. Like, you know, even for me, like I just miss taking myself out to get coffee, you know, like by myself or like going mm. to a restaurant. Now it just seems like you have to go through all these hoops and you have to deal with the anxiety of like trying not to cough in public, <laughs> you know, just to enjoy like anything. Right. Exactly. But, you know, it's just great to hear that, you know, you're counting your blessings and you're doing really well. I actually have come to find um, in doing the show so far that a lot of entrepreneurs, just like you, feel a little guilty because they're like, um, actually, I'm I'm doing fine and my business has like tripled <laughs> in 2020. Uh-huh. And that's just, to me, it's just nice to know that there's still hope and that there's still opportunity um, in these crazy times. Actually, I think, you know, being an entrepreneur comes with a game. I've lost mm-hmm. businesses overnight before, right? So mm-hmm. you don't go into entrepreneurship if you don't, you can't put up with the stress. Um, I actually like to tell people that I think 99.9% of the people in the world should not be entrepreneurs, right? It's just Mm -hmm. not for everybody. It's become trendy to become an entrepreneur. That's the Mm -hmm. problem, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. trying to sell, be an entrepreneur. You'll be rich in 30 days and you'll be sitting on a beach and, you know, sipping a pina colada. One, that's not what entrepreneurship is. It's ups and downs, very stressful. And for a lot of people, and I came, I come from the corporate world. It's a lot easier sometimes. I sometimes miss, ah. (laughs) <laughs> Forgetting about work at five o'clock and getting my paycheck every two weeks and my, you know, guaranteed right. and the paycheck being pure profit as opposed to right now is like, yeah, we might have had a good month, but if we have a bad month next month, that comes straight out of my bank account. It's right. not like I can spend right. all this money that comes in. So I think we're, you know, we either get used to these kind of situations more yeah. or being an entrepreneur, anybody who's stuck to it for a while. And I've been in it now for 13, 14 years. Yeah. You kind of get used to these kind of things. Yeah, some people, I think, uh, really romanticize the lifestyle of entrepreneurship, and they quickly get their heart broken (laughs) (laughs) when they dive into this life. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, all the social media influencer people making it look like it's perfect. And, you know, for me, I've learned to just like stop posting about my lifestyle, because like, when it's good, of course, I want to post when it's bad. It's like, I don't, I don't want to post that, you know, but I've just learned like, you know what, I'm just, this is my life. And this is just, this happens to just be the way I make money and help people and that's all it really is exactly Um, exactly actually there was a saying out there is like i wish my life was as great as it looked on facebook or something like that somebody said it once and i'm like that actually is true so we all see everybody else's only the good points of everybody else's life on social media yeah and that does do that fomo thing all the time it's like wow his life is amazing her life is amazing Yeah. yeah we don't see all the stuff in between that instagram photo where yeah it's not quite as amazing as you probably think maybe they couldn't pay rent last month yeah. The photo looks great. So, you know, we think <laughs> it's like, exactly. So that's what we see in other people's lives online. So stay away yeah. from social media a little bit. You'll be health, healthier mentally for it. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. I absolutely agree with you on that, Ray. Well, Ray, let's go ahead and shift gears here. And uh, first of all, I just have to point out how much I appreciate your energy and your excitement and the enthusiasm you brought on the show. (laughs) And I know it has a lot to do with you being a new father and your business doing well and just overall um, doing really well. So so let's talk a little bit about your company, Live Lingua, for people Mm -hmm. that are hearing about it for the first time. And I know we hinted at it a little already, but tell us about your company and who you like to serve. Yeah. So LiveLingua.com, we're an online language school. We're one of the top three in the world. We're the only Mm. one who was started without 
massive venture capital backing. Our wow. two competitors had 10 and $20 million of investment. LiveLingua was started for $59.99. I know exactly the amount because that's what I paid for <laughs> one year of hosting on Bluehost when my wife and I launched the site. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> that was our only investment. So my background is I'm a computer engineer, not mm. a graphic designer, keep in mind. So I could make a website, but it looked god awful back in 2008. <laughs> it was really, really ugly. Um, I still actually have it somewhere just to show people because I'm like, this is how we started. So anybody who's wants to be an entrepreneur and thinks I have to have this slick looking website to build a business, I am proof <laughs> that you absolutely do not. Um, and so LiveLingua, what we do is we give one-on-one, generally one-on-one, though we do have some group clients, language lessons for the 11 most spoken languages in the world. And mm. our biggest language is Spanish. So about half of our students actually take Spanish. We started a Spanish school. My wife is Mexican. So we actually started a Spanish school and expanded into the other ones later. We generally serve, we're kind of a little on the higher end as far as the language schools are concerned. Our competitors, again, they have VC money behind them. So they're all about numbers, right? Mm. Let's get cheap and let's get as many people in there as possible. Many, right. as many Spanish teachers or many language teachers and as many students. We're not, we're a little more boutique. We only get take the best Spanish teachers. We cost a little bit more, but mm. we hopefully, we guarantee almost that we have much better quality of teaching and material on our end than any of our competitors. We match you to your tutors as opposed to you having to find it yourself. I mm. date myself when I use this reference, but our competitors are match.com and we're eHarmony. It's kind of the way I say it. Wow. You know, match.com were these tutors back in the day where you could go in there and you sent likes to everybody. Um, <laughs> and eHarmony was one where you fill out a questionnaire, you have the questions, and then their professionals help pair you up with other people. That's mm-hmm. kind of the methodology we use. We ask yeah. your learning style, you kind of go in and our class coordinators see your learning style, see your goals and say, okay, you don't have to go through our 200 teachers. I know these teachers. I've worked with these teachers for years. Mm-hmm. I can say that these three are the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. And you, we send you their profiles, like, which one would you like to try? First class is free. And so they pick that one. We set up a class. And then if you like it, you continue classes with us. So that's wow. what we do with LiveLingua. Oh, that's amazing. So tell us about, um, is there like an average length of time that a student works with you or does it depend on their objectives? Exactly. It depends a lot on their objectives. So mm-hmm. sometimes we have students back in the days when people traveled um, <laughs> that, you know, wanted to get survival levels of language, French, mm-hmm. Italian, Japanese, whatever, just mm-hmm. because they wanted to learn enough to survive before going on a trip to mm-hmm. these countries. Mm-hmm. Of course, those people tend to be more shorter term, right? One to three months, we teach them the basics, the directions, what we call survival mm-hmm. um, language, and we have specific courses for that. Um, and that's short term. Some people do it for mental exercise. We have a lot of older students um, and they stay with us for years. Mm-hmm. These are people who generally might have even had an advanced level of a language but they want to maintain it because they live in a part of the world where they can't speak that language on a day-to-day basis. There's just nobody for them to speak with. So they take one or two hours with us every week Mm -hmm. and they've been with us for a year. We've had families who have homeschooled who have been with us for eight years. We started with their kids are five and their kids are going into junior high and they're still taking lessons with us right now. Um, We switch teachers for them to get them to different levels, but they've been with us for years. So it varies a lot. Um, But again, because of our model, because we kind of do personalized, our students tend to stay with us longer than the ones in those tutor directories where you just kind of find the tutors yourself and you sign up for two or three hours. Yeah, it sounds like you're really trying to add that relational component uh, between the student Mm -hmm. and the teacher because, you know, language at the end of the day is about relationships, you know. And of course, for the travelers, it's like, yeah, like I need the survival thing. I need to get by. But for people that really want to be immersed in a certain culture, I can see why it's so important for you to be selective in matching the students with the teachers. Yeah, you saw me smiling when you used the word immersed. It's because the language method, teaching method we use is actually called language immersion. Mm. That's how we teach people how to do it. Um, And 
immersion is not only teaching somebody the grammar. As somebody who took French for oh, 10 years and can't speak a word of it, I know that that doesn't work. Mm. Um, you know, that's the reason why, despite all those apps out there or those, you know, softwares or books that say, yeah, I teach you to speak in 30 days. That's yeah. not how language learning works. You didn't learn how to speak your native language in 30 days. Right, Again, right. I have a baby. He's 10 months old. He still can't speak. Right. So obviously <laughs> 10 months of hearing English and Spanish it didn't work. It's... <laughs> it takes time, it takes guidance, and there's a methodology to do it. And it's not only the grammar, it's also, you know, understanding the culture, language is really Mm -hmm. cultural, people don't always think of that. But you know, English speakers, and we were talking about before, they speak English in the US, they speak Mm -hmm. English in the UK, they speak English in the Philippines, but there's Mm -hmm. cultural differences in words you use. Again, Philippines, they use sir, right? They call you sir and ma'am after everything. You know, when I first started working with Filipinos, I'm like, in your emails, don't say sir. If they're from the UK, (laughs) only people who are knighted by the queen are sir there, right? You can't say that. But we all speak the same language. There's a cultural reason for that. Yeah. If you're going to learn a language, you need to understand the culture and the history behind it. That's really what we teach. We teach the language. We teach the history. We teach the culture. We want you to be able to understand the jokes. And that's really a big sign. It's one of the milestones we set for our students. If you can make a joke in another language and people laugh at it, you're getting advanced. There you go. And I'll give you the English example, right? I mean, you know, you might speak English, but if you go to the UK and you make a joke, they probably won't laugh. Or Mm -hmm. if you've ever watched a BBC comedy, half the time, I don't think it's funny, right? They're all, all the British are laughing. And because I grew up with BBC when I grew up in Europe Mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't get the humor. We understand the (laughs) language. We did not understand the culture. That's why we don't understand the humor. So humor is a huge part of it. At least for me, that's kind of my mile. That's like my, my measuring stick. If you laughed at my joke, I'm like, I got, I'm getting the language pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's better. It's either that, or they laugh at you because you have the language wrong. Yeah. That happens a lot sooner in the language learning (laughs) process. When I was learning Spanish, I like to tell people that I was, I was pregnant for three months (laughs) until somebody told me embarazado was not embarrassed. That actually means pregnant. Yeah, everybody just laughed whenever I said it. I'm like, oh, it's because I'm being humble. No, no, they weren't (laughs) laughing with me. They were laughing at me. So, you know, so I'm curious uh, in regards to the 11 spoken languages that you Mm -hmm. uh, mainly teach. Where is English in that? What where is it ranked? English is number two, tied almost with French. So those are the two. After Spanish, it's English and French that are the two most popular languages that we teach. Yeah, that's incredible. Can you tell us about the early stages of your company, Live Lingua, and like, how did you, you know, what was the first language you were teaching? And then how did you know to start adding the other ones? Like, I mean, the fact that you are a a seven-figure online language school now, um, I know that didn't happen on accident. And so there must have been a process for you to get there. Well, partially it is an accident. Um, partially it's a lot of hard work. I won't mm. say there was like a plan and a process. We never knew LiveLingua was going to get this big when we mm. launched. So mm-hmm. the way LiveLingua started is um, I was in the Peace Corps, for those who weren't from the United States, the volunteer organization. I worked as a software engineer in Silicon Valley mm. and for some Fortune 500 companies in the U.S. first. Decided, hey, I don't want to sit in a cube for the rest of my life and decided <laughs> to join the Peace Corps. I've known about the Peace Corps my whole life. My dad was a Peace Corps volunteer in the Philippines. That's how mm. we met my mom. And so, you know, technically, I like to say I was born in the Peace Corps because he was, they were still working in the Peace Corps for Love the first it. 11 months of my life. <laughs> they sent me to Mexico. I met my wife. And right as we got married, we're like, hey, why don't we start a business together? Not necessarily something I'd recommend to everybody, but it worked out for us. So we started our first business together. It was a brick and mortar language school in Mexico, right? So Mm. we were doing language immersion, but in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Then the Mexican swine flu hit in 2008. For those of you who don't remember, it was supposed to be what COVID is now. It was supposed to be this great pandemic. So they shut Mexico off. Nobody could come in or out. All of our students were foreigners coming to Mexico to study Spanish immersion. Mm -hmm. So we had no students 
suddenly everybody canceled. We had no money. We were only seven months into it. We bootstrapped mm-hmm. it. So we, you know, had, didn't have six months of savings. Mm-hmm. So we had to come up with something else to do. My wife is actually the one who had the ideas like, Hey, why don't we offer Skype lessons to our, pre- to our old students? You know, they're back home. So you want them to continue. Yeah. At least it'll pay the rent. I'm like, okay, how about I just make a website and see if anybody else wants to do it. Right. <laughs> 2008. Nobody else was doing this or nobody significant was doing it at the time. Yeah. Or surprise. One swine flu only lasted 30 days. And then afterwards the country opened up, everything was fine. But six months later, we were making much more money on our online school, working one hour a day than we were on our brick and mortar school, which was also successful, but it was taking us 10 hours a day, yeah. 12 hours a day on some days to run it. Yeah. So that's kind of how LiveLingua was born. So we did that. We launched in English, but I made micro sites instead of like, you know, LiveLingua. LiveLingua was our corporate site. And then I made mm. all these mini sites mm-hmm. to go with it. Mm-hmm. And that's how LiveLingua was born. So we had 11 sites and eventually we merged them back into LiveLingua, kind of as a corporate to make a brand out of it. We mm-hmm. sold our brick and mortar schools. We ended up having three, three branches of our brick and mortar school. We sold those off in 2012. Wow. And we've been dedicating exclusively to the online school ever since then. So that's kind of how it happened. Growing to seven figures, I can't say we, you know, I didn't have a business plan. It's not like we sat down <laughs> like, here's our five-year plan. And we're going to, no, no, no. We just kind of kept working at it, waking up every day, putting in the work. And it took us seven years to get to seven figures. I joke that wow. the reason I don't write a book about my entrepreneurship journey is because, you know, if I wrote a book called, you know, seven years to seven figures, nobody would buy it because everybody <laughs> wants the 30 day solution to seven figures. And I don't know what that is. I know how to work every day and get it up there. Yeah. Well, let's just say that you did publish this book, seven years to seven figures. What are some key uh, advice or what, you know pieces of wisdom you would share with people who would be willing <laughs> you know, to like, you know, build a good business, like a solid business. That's it. And great question. So let mm-hmm. me put a little caveat in there. My specialty is bootstrapping businesses, right? So mm-hmm. that's why it takes seven years. If you had $10 million, mm-hmm. you could probably do it faster. Right. But my question to you is if you have $10 million in the bank, why are you building a business? You have $10 million in the bank, go and, you know, volunteer <laughs> and then relax. I mean, you know, um, anyway, maybe that's you funny. want more money than $10 million. But <laughs> so the key to building a successful business is one, being in it for the long game. Most of my mm-hmm. friends, I know a lot of people who are successful entrepreneurs now, I don't know any of them who had a, you know, an overnight success. Not mm-hmm. a single one of these people were an overnight success. The right. ones who did it fast took three years. Mm-hmm. You know, you might read in Forbes or some of those big magazines, the guy who did six months, their company went to millions of dollars. Those are unicorns. Yeah. Those are winning the lottery. I mean, go and buy a yeah. lottery ticket, your chances of doing it are about the same and the amount of work is, about, is probably going to be less than that. So the key to building a successful business is simply discipline. And my, you know, it's boring. I wish Mm -hmm. I had something flashy to tell people, but it's a matter (laughs) of waking up every single day and doing something that moves your business one step forward. Mm -hmm. Do that for seven years. might not be a seven figure business, but I guarantee it'll be a successful business. Um, Successful being, you know, maybe you're being at a hundred thousand, $200,000 a year in profit for most people. That's huge. So that's one of my first tips. Number two, the only hack I'm going to give you, because I hate giving hacks, hacks imply (laughs) that there's some kind of shortcut to get things Mm, there, but there is one hack, move to another country. If you're in the United States, you want to get a 400% raise, move to Latin America. Um, Get over your fear. It's not as scary as people think. (laughs) Move to the Philippines, move to Bali. There are all these amazing places in the world that have great internet, um, but the cost of living is a fraction of the United States, and you do not sacrifice almost anything as far as your standard of living is concerned. Here in Mexico, yeah. I live in a nice house. I drive, you know, I drive a Hyundai, so it's not like I drive a, a fancy car, but <laughs> I have a cook, I have a maid, I have a night nurse and a day nanny to take care of my son. Mm. 
help us go. while we're working. In the United States, absolutely no way we can afford those things. No. None whatsoever. If you're just starting off your business and you kind of started as a side hustle and it's making $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. that's it. That's enough to quit your day job, move to Mexico. That'll make you middle, upper class here in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You'll have a decent house in a safe place. And then you can dedicate yourself full-time to that business. Think that 1000 up to 5000 up to 10000 Then move back to the U.S. Then you have a $10,000 <laughs> a year business and you know, you're good. But your hack is to move to another country. You like the beach. You like the mountains. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Pick a place in the world. Go there. Great food. And you might learn another language as a bonus while you're there, right? Pick up the language of the place you're at. Yeah, Ray, I really love that advice. I think you're the first person who's really provided that piece of advice that I've interviewed so far on the show. Um, and very often my husband, um, you know, he's a he's kind of like a jaded veteran, I like to call him. And he's always like, we got to leave America. Like we got to move somewhere else. Come on so, down, come on down. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he talked. we talked about Mexico. We we, def- we definitely are, have our sights for certain places outside of America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fortunately, you know, being a Cali girl, I um, having and having moved to the East Coast, I didn't realize how much cheaper mm-hmm. it is to live out here. So I definitely can appreciate like, you know, moving somewhere else and it, it, and not much has changed, especially with the pandemic. You're just going to be in touch with people virtually anyway. So, you know, who, who knows how long this is going to last, but you know, if you're going to build a business and you need to kind of stretch that dollar, like it's okay to get out of your comfort zone, you know, and live somewhere else for a little bit. There are worse places to be than sitting on a beach, you know, like <laughs> you guys are in Virginia, but in Mexico, sitting on a beach, eating a taco that costs you 50 cents, <laughs> For lunch and building your business because the internet here, maybe you won't get the gigabyte connection, but you can get 500 megs. I mean, you know, more than enough for you to modify your website. I mean, you and I are talking on this connection. It's great. I mean, I have no problems at all with the internet connection. And you're in the U.S. time zone, which is why I recommend Mexico, even Latin America to a lot of people. Because Mm. from the city I live in in Mexico, I can be in Dallas in an hour. I can be in L.A. in three hours. I can be, you know, on the way in Boston in five yeah. You know, it's like if you live in California, getting to Virginia Beach probably takes you longer than that. I mean, you know, yeah, it's true. You got to make connections. So I'm not even that separated from the United States when I live here. I have, I know, I have multiple HBOs. I watch Netflix. There's a Costco <laughs> down the street. I mean, like, really, I'm not sacrificing much, but everything's half the price. I love it. Ray, I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks again so much for being here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Jen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And once again, to our listeners, this is Ray Blakeney, who is the CEO of LiveLingua.com. The website is spelled L-I-V-E-L-I-N-G-U-A.com. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit UpMyInfluence.com com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, 
hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.